It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, February 27th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that has some questions about the decisions that were made this past weekend in both games, to be honest. Some questions? Like a thousand questions. Yeah, we're going to get into that, where the state of the Flyers are at this point in the season. Plus, it's Monday, so we will have our Nemesis of the Week. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnFlyers. That is where we post about our latest episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail. Uh, We will have a mailbag this week, so get those questions in. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. So subscribe. You will get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube, so subscribe there as well. So, Russ, we got a bunch of updates and, you know, decisions and and stuff coming from torts. And I think that's really where, you know, the questionable decision making that we're talking about has come into play. So we do know now that Travis Konechny is officially on IR. Um, No real timetable right now, but it's bad enough that he's officially on IR. And and that's where obviously we got the Denoye call up and and all of that. We'll get into that. But I, I think that there's some incongruity between what he's saying and what the situation actually is and you know on friday we got you know some churn again about the joel farabee situation um you know where he's like agents should stay out of it and agents should shut up you know joel farabee comes back with he saw the rumors but he's committed to being a flyer you know, and then towards saying that he didn't know about Travis Sandheim's family being in Calgary for the game when he got scratched, would it have affected his decision? No. And that's, it, it's brutal because I remember very distinctly at the beginning of the season when he was like, oh, I'm getting to know these guys. And he, he spoke at length about wanting to get to know these guys as people, that these are people first and hockey players second and he doesn't even know a basic thing like where somebody is from and if maybe their family might be in town for that game and that just doesn't add up to me no i know it's just there's always going to be this mystery with torts that way I, i think he knows i just think he doesn't want to always reveal but so here's the big existential question that i came up with When after that press conference yesterday, after the Devils, the big question is, okay, you said you're not equipped to win games for scoring four goals. You can't do it. Okay. So we have to be a team that's equipped to win games two to one. Okay. But I'll tell you, they're not equipped for that either. And that's why I think Tortorella has to sort of change his, the way he's coaching because 
he still feels like he has to win two to one like it's five years ago. This team can't lock it down. They're incapable of doing that. Now, they might be incapable of scoring four goals, but we've seen them capable of scoring three. So there's a happy medium here, and maybe the happy right. medium is maybe it is time to interject a little more offense into this team and not worrying as much on defense. Because, look, doesn't matter where you go in the standings here. You have to find something that works because 75% of these guys are going to be back next year. And, you know, you've got 20-something games left in the season, and you really don't have a method yet on what to do with this team, how to handle it, who's the lines. One line is set on this team. That's it. That's it. I'm through most of the season, I get there was an experimental phase, but that phase should almost be over in the sense that you have an idea now of, what everybody's strengths and weaknesses are. And I don't feel he does. Well, and that's to me where some of the questionable decision-making comes into play with him because in the game against Montreal, right? 11 forward, 7D. And we've seen that not work on several no, occasions. But he did and score he was- a goal, like I want to say four or five games ago, Braun did. And that's what I think still perpetuated this like it could work. And it was a bad idea. It was a bad idea against a team like Montreal, especially. That's fast. Yeah, that's much faster. And so you need those forward skaters who can get back to help on defense. And and he kept comparing this game against New Jersey and the game against Montreal to some degree to the two games against Edmonton where they did play well defensively for the most part you know, against a very strong, fast team. And why didn't it work this time around? And you have to say, well, in the game against New Jersey, you sat Cam York. That certainly wasn't going to help against a a strong, fast team. And One of your best skaters. Right. So whether or not it was the right decision to make for Cam York, you have to look at that as a factor in the outcome of the game. And that sort of recognition wasn't there for me. And I think that, you know, when you sit JVR, now whether that's for trade strategy or whether it's because he's legitimately banged up, as he said, that is also going to affect your lines, you know, as a mm-hmm. domino effect. And then guys are playing in a, a line blender and they're not covering for each other in the same way that they did when it was more stable lines. And we look at January versus February and the results. And the second he started churning stuff up, that's when things start falling apart. And so overall, I just feel like there's some really questionable decision-making being made in the lineup choices. I think they're struggling with that. I think players are struggling with playing with each other, although they should all be very familiar with what they could all do and can't do. I think players like Kevin Hayes are struggling with uh, just giving that full 60-minute effort again. I think there's a lot of different things like this going on, and I think the coaching staff is having trouble with that. Now, maybe the trading deadline will fix some of that, but I think the answer lies within John Tortorello because he even said, I have to sort of get the message through that we have to play the way we played against Edmonton all the time, and I'm not getting that message through. And part of it may be what you're talking about, interpersonal, because they are humans. And then the other part may be what I'm talking about, like, hey, you're going to have to open things up a little bit more and teach a little different philosophy to these guys because even next year, it's hard to believe that the Flyers might have a lockdown defense where you could win games two to one. 
I mean, it just doesn't seem like that's possible. So I think he needs to move off of that. And I think all of those things are sort of failed strategies. Right. And it's also, I think, some adjustment problems. And I think that's, you know, partially what you're saying here is that, Mm -hmm. you know, the Flyers had a small degree of success defensively for a stretch of games there. Uh, And other teams are now adjusting to that. And so, yes. And that in combination with, you know, this personnel upheaval, I think that, you know, he hasn't adjusted to the teams figuring out his scheme. Right. And yeah, that's fair. It's, it's just one of those things where I am glad to some degree that he called himself out, that there's something Mm -hmm. missing in his communication. That's, you know, creating a team that can play well against Edmonton, but not against Montreal. I think that, right. that, you know, that's that's a huge factor there. And so I, I will give him some credit for, you know, yeah. taking some shouldering some of the blame here. But I, I just think that but there's effects to players here that yeah. are going on. Not to interrupt. Like I've covered Joel Farabee long before the the Flyers. And this is the lowest I've ever seen his confidence. The lowest. Now, he may be hurting and not talking about it. That's fine. But he's not even confident when he has the puck in the offensive zone he's not even confidently shooting or passing anymore. He's just looking to hot potato it and and get it off his stick. And that's not Joel Farabee. And so I would hope the coaching staff would acknowledge that they're seeing this and try and talk to him about it. But it doesn't seem like these conversations happen. It just seems like practice happens. You do what you're supposed to do in practice. And then you play in games and you're supposed to do what you do in games because everybody's professionals. But there's a lot that goes on between the ears that does need talking about, too. Yeah, there absolutely is. Uh, We are going to get more into the specifics of the two weekend games, talk about Elliot Denoyer's NHL debut, and talk about what's going on with Felix Sandstrom at this point coming up next. Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. I started using Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, and hated taking pills and vitamins. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, and focus. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Athletic Greens contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything, while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. As we know, the NHL trade deadline is this Friday, March 3rd. Join us live on the Locked On NHL YouTube channel from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. 
As Locked On NHL hosts break down the biggest deals from around the league, Locked On NHL, your team every day. Let's hope there's still some, some yeah, big deals to I come. A lot, of, a lot of dominoes are falling, man. I don't know. Yeah, we're going to cover any trades the Flyers may make on our feed. So uh, make sure you're subscribed over on YouTube for all the breaking news and our analysis. So, Russ, uh, I can't help but think that I haven't felt like I did last season about this team since this last stretch of games. And it just feels like a a, a 2021-22 level of rock bottom here. Uh, what's your take on that? I think it's worse. I think it's worse, and I think it's rock bottom again. Um, but I think it's worse this time because you have a coach that was supposed to fix some things. I get it. He's not a miracle worker. There was only so much you could do with this team, but this team is falling apart. Like it is. We see it. It, you know, yesterday's game, fine. I can't blame the goaltending because there's a million high danger chances every game. There's guys in the crease all the time. And and my basic problem with all of that is if they're supposed to be this physical team, which no matter who is playing, uh, Nick Sealer, the glue guy, or anybody else, they should be clearing out the crease for the goalies, and they're not. They're just simply not. And I get it. If you're not fast enough, that's fine. But there's other things you could do in this game to sort of help out your goalie, help out your teammates, and a lot of that isn't occurring. And that is what I think is a big problem here. In, and, again, you were supposed to have a coach that's supposed to be curing some of that. The culture's better, but not much else is. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point, because if you especially look at the game against New Jersey, Sam Erson, you know, God bless him. He was making some really tremendous saves. And while he is generally very good at containing pucks, so there aren't a ton of rebounds, there's going to be some. And yes. even if the Flyers D got some sticks in there, they weren't able to corral the puck and get it out of there. There was just this no. level of skill missing in combination with New Jersey just working harder to or get even the just puck use out the of body. Mm-hmm. Like New Jersey's not a physical team. You could like try yeah. and body guys off the puck. Actually, what was interesting was early on when the Flyers drew some penalties against New Jersey, it was because New Jersey was actually being very physical. Right. And like the Flyers just weren't even that physical. Yeah, there was a fight, so what? But I'm just talking about actual playing, actually just taking some guys out in the crease. That wasn't going on. Yeah, it, it just really wasn't. And I think that was a huge factor there. And at a certain point, like they gave up defensively yeah. Oh, yeah. at a level that I have not really seen since last And poor Urson was there to like, you know, basically say at the end of the game, S happens in the uh in the locker room and like he had a great take on it for a young guy and and torts may not be wrong this could make him stronger but nobody wants to see a young goalie hung out to dry to that degree yeah yeah and it's been very clear that goaltending is not the flyers problem <laughs> nowhere right. near and so i think i think the heart and urson combo is a very solid goaltending duo for this team it's just what is the support around it? And and that was, you know, one of the big problems from last season, right? And when Torres yeah. comes in and says, this is a major problem that I'm going to fix, and it's very clearly not fixed, 
you know, right. and it feels like they made some progress for a little bit. But again, I feel like they've backpedaled a little bit here. Yes. And I feel like that's dangerous. And that's like when you lose, it's like losing an edge on your skates. I feel like this team yeah. has lost an edge. Yeah. Like, look, and, and this is to the fans that wanted them to tank. If they were tanking, I wouldn't be giving this commentary, but they're not tanking. And that's what makes it worse. Yeah, to a large degree. Um, I do want to talk about Elliot Denoye in his NHL yeah. debut because what a rough game for him to get <laughs> started in. And, you know, you want to have a positive experience for that and good memories. And a seven to nothing loss is not that for sure. No. But I will say um, he played pretty well. I think, you know, considering how he was thrown in there he made a couple mm -hmm. of really good moves he and Ali Lixel almost uh, combined yeah, there's a little a bit of chemistry he yeah he had some scoring chances a couple shots on that one puck hop off his stick where he had a great scoring chance uh he does forecheck you know everybody's saying what a great two-way player he is he they they were being nice he's a, he's a rookie uh, that is something he has to work at. And face-offs, he really has to work at. Like, he, he's not at an NHL center face-off level. Like, that's obvious. But that's okay. I'm okay with all that. And I know fans were overreacting like, hey, you got to leave him up because they like his skating. And they right. like that. This was this game was as good for Lixel as it was for Denoyer. Yeah. But again, but but here's the problem. I do want young guys to get the experience, right? But if every game's going to be six one seven nothing, there is a point where you say you don't want these guys to experience this much losing, and it's better to be in Lehigh where they're actually fighting for a playoff spot. There is a fine line for that. Yeah, and I do want to say that Denoyer, I think, showed that he could play at the NHL level. Like there's absolute potential there, and he there's was, potential he for was, sure. He was not intimidated by playing NHL-level no. players. He wasn't intimidated by the top-level players that New Jersey has. And so, and even post-game, he, he has very high confidence in himself he and does. his game. And to your point, I don't want that ruined by any right. like, negative No, and there thing. is something, there. you yeah, know, we've seen is. teams in the past let their guys get some level of activity in the NHL and then sort of shade them and keep them away from it. And the Flyers may be in that boat. We don't know yet. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing that's related to, is this sort of a, a rock bottom ish situation is again, continuing to look at the power play and the lack of improvement there. Uh, and I understand in Montreal, they didn't have any power plays, um, but they were over mm -hmm. two against New Jersey. They only had one shot on goal total in those two power plays and you could see like they just weren't managing the puck well and creating no. the lanes for themselves no new and jersey knew exactly what they were going to do and they were the aggressors like their penalty yeah. kill was the aggressor yeah and at the same time you know you understand they're trying some things i mean travis sandheim got some power play time uh, yes and that is a relatively <laughs> new thing for this year they tried it once before i think this yeah. season and they bailed out of it and then they're trying it again yeah well i guess you know with with jvr out and with york out 
like they had to put somebody else in and, there and connect me and connect, and connect me. me. Yeah. So, you know, they had to put some different guys in there they did. And, and, and they did. So there is something to that aspect of it, but yeah, it, it was just a really frustrating weekend of hockey overall, especially it's more than that though. This is going back to the West coast trip to now, like this is yes. a lot of bad play in a row, a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of bad habits, slow skating, slow to react to the puck, not being first to pucks. Like, you know, Montreal was first to like almost every puck in that game. All these things are piling up now. And the problem is it's like the trade deadline is only going to cure some of it. Yeah. And there has to be, and I'm not saying the Flyers need to win every game. You know, fans don't want them to, and I don't blame them. But what I'm saying is there has to be something where you say, okay, now I kind of see a path. I don't see a path. Right. I do not. Right. And that's, that's a huge part of it as well. Um, we've got a light week of games this week. Uh, and just really looking ahead, we, we just have the game against the Rangers to look forward to. Well, that's a key game Wednesday. because... You know why? Because that's the game that Chuck Fletcher will speak before the game Mm -hmm. and talk about the trade deadline. And he's probably going to be asked, why is he not being perceived as being aggressive where we see all these teams making trades? We just saw a one-for-one happen on Sunday with Dadunov uh, going to Dallas and Gurianov going to Montreal. I mean, Montreal's, you know, getting back a player that actually Gurianov has a lot of a lot of talent, but he just only showed it one year in, in Dallas. I know Flyers fans, some of them were asking me about Gurianov. Were they in on this? I don't know. But the thing is, the perception right now with the Flyers is, is they're not being aggressive. And the only reason that's being said is because they haven't made one deal. If they've made one deal by now, like with all these other teams making deals, I think it would change their perception a little bit. But the fact that nothing has happened is an issue. Well, that will be an important uh, hint as to the nemesis of the week, which (laughs) we will talk about coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. My goal has been to eat a little healthier this year, but I don't want to compromise taste. And I have got just the thing you got to try built with built healthy is actually tasty. It's covered in 100% real chocolate and they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie and coconut almond. They have only got 130 calories, four grams of sugar with 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait around to get a box. You know, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Head to your nearest Walmart today. You can go to the pharmacy section. They've got a four-bar box with some great selections, cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box with their hit flavors, brownie, batter, and churro. You can thank me later. 
All right, Russ. So our nemesis of the week. And if you're newer to Locked On Flyers each and every week, we take a look at what's going on in Flyers land and in the world of hockey and say what is bothering us or making us the most nervous about this upcoming week. Last week, we talked about having the two back-to-backs in one week with different challenges. Um, We see how that went. We just talked about that stretch of games and how it really illuminated a lot of the weaknesses of this team this season. And then as Russ talked about with other teams being pretty active, the trade deadline is my nemesis this week. When you see that based on the history of what Chuck Fletcher has done, you see that he negotiates from a position of weakness. And I think that this trade deadline is so important to set this team up in the right direction for next year and in gaining draft assets, uh, perhaps a prospect asset, if that's the right deal to be made. But, you know, the, the Flyers are missing two second round draft picks over the next couple of years, which is very key into building a robust prospect pipeline. And I think that's got to be one of your top priorities here. And my confidence in Chuck Fletcher to accomplish these things is pretty low, I got to say. Yeah, I mean, he's overly disciplined. and Very low risk guy. Yeah, and look, I, I ask around, we look around. I gave a couple of, you know, hints at some things I had heard about a couple of flyers, you know, one of them got, you know, was out of the game in JVR. But other than that, there's not a lot of smoke there and there's not a lot of reporting out there. So that's where it's like, okay, there's a right to be concerned here because they do need to walk away with some stuff. And the problem is again, right now, good luck getting a 2023 second round pick. You've got to trade a star now to be able to get that in a deal. You see some of these picks are now going out to 2026. Right. So, you know, again, to your point, if I'm getting, if I'm getting draft picks offered to me in 2025, then I'm taking players and I've got to have my guys all around the table and understand that say, Hey, let's try and dig out some players here that we think have a chance because there's opportunity here, as Chuck would always say, because some of those draft picks will live on well beyond this administration and doesn't really help even John Tortorella. And you got to try and help him a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a huge part of it. And that's why I mentioned picking up prospects, you know, it's it's that we need some help now to get this team going in the right direction. And you're right, those 2025, 2026 draft picks, while good in theory, you know, for long-term purposes, aren't going to help this team now. And, you know, I I think about Owen Tippett, for instance, Mm -hmm. who, you know, was a part of that Claude Giroux deal. Now this is Chuck Fletcher, right? But I think, you know, Owen Tippett has been, to me, I think slightly better than expected. I think yeah, that he, think has, he has managed to improve to a certain degree on the Flyers where he just was not able to break through with the Panthers. And and so I think there is potential for things like that if you trade yeah. for a prospect. And hopefully you can get somebody that's just slightly better than Owen Tippett, right? Um, but I, I think that 
it's an indicator that it is possible and Chuck Fletcher can do it <laughs> when he wants to. Um, but again, any anything they can do to get second round picks this year or next year, I think would be it's gonna be hard. Difficult. Like it's yeah. really going to be hard. And and that's what I'm saying. You have to just like like again, just a player like Gorianov with the skill level he has in speed, there is a point where he could be turned around. He had 20 goals a couple of years ago. You know, yeah. could you have traded JVR for that? Maybe. Yeah. We I, don't know. Yeah. But that's what we're talking about. Like, take some risks that way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I did mention that the Rangers are the one game uh, during the week this week. Uh, we could be seeing a trade deadline a team debut in Patrick Kane, maybe playing yeah. for the Rangers against the Flyers. Who's so. no longer traveling with the team with, right. the, with the Blackhawks. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. But yeah, it, it's a rough week. So in terms of buckle up, yeah, in terms of seeing what other teams around the league do who are sellers versus what the Flyers can do. And it's going to be, I think, a huge benchmark point for Chuck Fletcher. This trade deadline is brought to you by Mylanta. <laughs> all right that will do it for today's show we'll be back tomorrow we'll get caught up on what the phantoms were up to over the past week and any latest news with the flyers as a reminder we always want to hear from you send in your mailbag questions via twitter at lockdown flyers you can email us at lockdown flyers at gmail or comment over on youtube I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R Miriam. That's R M I R I A M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S P O R T S O L O G Y. Thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen. Now make your second listen game to game NHL. It's every moment, every top performance, every result. They cover every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. It's on your Locked On NHL feed wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.